This is Miller's Edge on Tide The Miller's Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is The Miller's Edge. on the Tide 100.9 and 12.30 a.m. WTBC. Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, hanging out here with you along with Christian Miller and my man, Justin Jones. Hope you're having a good day. Welcome to this Talking Tuesday edition. We're going to get uh, in some more football, finish up the breakdown, Alabama's win over AM, and then we'll look forward to what's happening uh, with Arkansas. Another tough challenge coming into Tuscaloosa. Homecoming week. I, we call it high noon, but we can't call it high noon on Central Time because the game is at 11 a.m. So uh, very interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, we'll take your calls, uh, 205-342-9904. We'll uh, look at this matchup, really intriguing matchup because Arkansas – uh, is not a bad team, despite the record may indica- indicate uh, other, but uh, I think they're still a good football team and going to possess a good challenge for the time. Christian, what's up, buddy? Nothing much, just hanging out, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this week. You know, it's definitely, uh, I, I think this is one of those games you can't get caught up on, on the record, like you said. You know, I, the record doesn't look great, but they are Solid football team. They do some things well. You know, another good SEC opponent. And I'll be honest, when in my time of playing against Arkansas, you know, it always seems like they, they posed a good challenge for us. Even when they'd have, you know, losing seasons, their record was not great at all. Um, it, they always, you know, are a tough team to play. They always invest in their offense line. They have these big old boys up front. They're physical. And then when you go play, you know, at Arkansas, it was even tougher. But um, I say all that to say, you know, I think it's another good matchup for Alabama. And uh, I, I'm I'm hoping that we continue on this trajectory that we've seen, you know, especially, you know, with the offense now that they've, I hate to even say like this, not, but not that they've implementing, not that they're implementing more of a passing game, but we've seen it on display now. Um, hopefully they keep building off of these uh, positives that we've seen. But I, I'll be honest, I'm really fired up about this defense. You know, I, I I I say they're on their way of being elite. You know, it's hard to say that just yet. 
I mean, they're, they're, very, they're very well playing like an elite defense. Um, so as long as they, they keep doing that consistently, I think, um, you know, they're on that right path. Because, look, I mean, when I watch this defense, man, I mean, they, they fly around in the football. They play physical. And then front to back, I mean, it doesn't really seem like there's any glaring issues. I mean, we talked about it. You know, initially we, we wanted to see more out of, uh, out of the defensive line up front. But in the past couple of weeks, man, those guys have really stepped up. And, and I love the play of Deontay Lawson. Tresman Marshall does some really good things. And the depth behind those two guys, Jihad Campbell and Kendrick Blackshire, I like what I'm seeing out of those guys. The edge guys obviously are great uh, with Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell, two highly productive guys. I said going into the season, I thought that they would be the best edge tandem in the country. And they're very much playing like that right now. And then you, you go to the secondary. You know, you got a guy in Kool-Aid McKenstry, you know, one of the top corners in the, in the country. You know, I, I definitely feel like he could kind of, you know, do a couple things a little bit better. But, you know, on the other side, where you kind of have some question marks, Terrion Arnold, man, has really stepped up and has been phenomenal uh, at that other corner spot. And then, you know, a guy like Malachi Moore, back to kind of playing uh, how he, he played his first year. I don't know if you remember, but his first year, I mean, he was electric as a freshman. He's battled some injuries, you know, in between. But now, back to playing at a really high level, and he's got that veteran presence, just being a really good leader on this defense, very vocal guy, you know, uh, exceptional with his communication, helps keep that back end together. So um, just wanted to brag about the defense for a little bit just because, I, I mean, I'm really impressed with what we're seeing, and, and I, I got to tip my hat to those guys. I mean, you, you look at the offense, they've gone through their growing pains, but this defense has really stepped up and, and, and been that they've been a backbone for this football team as we've kind of figured things out. But I think we're hitting our stride at the right time now. I just, I hope and I pray, you know, that we continue to stay focused. We don't get big-headed off these past couple performances, and we continue to attack things the way we need to attack them in order to sustain uh, the level of intensity uh, in, in this level, you know, this high-level performance that we've been playing with in recent weeks. Yeah, no doubt. We're halfway through the season, and, uh, you know, I want to ask a question today to the listeners what are you most surprised by with this football team as they sit at 5-1? and one? What are you most disappointed with? Because there are some good things. Oh, they started slow. There's some things that a lot of folks had questions about, and then I think some of those questions were answered. And, and I think there's some things where we expect it to be good, and maybe they are not as good. For example, for me, I would say, I'm probably most disappointed with the offensive line because we went into the season thinking that this offensive line was going to be just a um, massive beat you down, lean on you, run the football, make people quit. We have heard all the noise and, uh, you know, J.C. Latham and Booker and all the things that they said in the preseason, uh, what they wanted this offensive line to look like, and then it hasn't looked like that, Right. Although they've been moments and spots, you know, second half of the South Florida game, uh, second half of the Ole Miss game, uh, second half they played better, uh, you know, uh, against A&M. But it hasn't been a complete game. Uh, defensively, we thought would be good on the flip side, but it turns out they've been playing great. Uh, so the defensive line, you talked about the pressures, the sacks, linebackers been outstanding. Even when Deontay Lawson went out, the secondary has been really solid, nasty, and nice. The turnover has been amazing. I mean, the interception, they've already surpassed what they did last year with Pete Golden. I mean, so all of those things I would say I'm much encouraged by. So I like to listen to 
the, the people to see what they think about that, Christian, because I think it's, uh, you know, one of those things where I'm disappointed with the offensive line because I really thought this offensive line was going to be really stout and good. Now, I will say, because we got a chance to see him in the preseason, I was always concerned about Caden Proctor, who was getting beat in camp and in scrimmages. But you knew that was going to be an issue because he's a freshman, right? You knew that was uh, uh, an area that was going to require a lot of development and time and help from other offensive lines. So I'm not totally disappointed or shocked that he hasn't played as good as we would like to see. But um, overall, though, I think the offensive line has been a disappointment up to this point. Your thoughts? You kind of took took mine. I was going to say, I mean, I think the offensive line, uh, I would say, is my area. Of, I hate to say disappointment, but, you know, not, not not necessarily what I expected. You know, I mean, just piggybacking off what you said, I think you you nailed everything. It's just uh, when they were when they were building this offense line and you were looking at, uh, you know, the size that they had and you were just looking at the pieces that they, they planned on using, you know, in my head, I said, you know, yeah, they're, they're probably going to struggle some in pass pro occasionally with the true freshman at left tackle. Uh, not to mention, you know, they just have big guys up front. We you know those guys have weaknesses. You know, they can't move as well. But I said, you know, uh, if our identity is going to be, you know, smash mouth, run the football, you know, impose our will, I'm okay with that. I'm, o- I'm okay with uh, not necessarily having, you know, liability in pass pro, but I'm okay with, you know, giving up a couple things here and there if we're really just running the ball down people's throats. Like, I get that, right? You know, you can't always have the best of both worlds. Sometimes you got to not necessarily pick one or the other, but you got to you got to live with one. You got to die by the other sometimes, right? So, I, I would go with with the offense line in, in that regard as well, only because I just I I know that they could play even better, and I think that's why you know I look at them and I, I just I just know that we just got to get it out of them, and because we've seen it right when they've they've flashed promise at times, they've done some really good things, and so I just think we have to be more consistent, and I think. They've done that, you know, as, as the weeks progressed, and, and that makes sense, right? They're getting more and more experience. The offensive line is one of those position groups where, you know, you have to gel. You have to have proper communication. You know, it's it's not the easiest just to plug and play guys in the offensive line. You know, you, you, you got to have that chemistry up front. And so I think all those things uh, that have evolved over the course of the season have has really helped them out to play better. Um, but I would say that would probably be my area that I probably would say, uh, again, I hate calling it disappointed, but that's just – what I feel, but we, you know, we weren't exactly where I thought we would be. Um, I guess what I'm really pleased with is, uh, I would say two things. I'm really pleased, obviously, with the defense and how we're playing. That that's not too much of a surprise to me, just because watching these guys, I kept saying, I, I said we're going to, we're going to have a really good defense. This has this has the, you know, the potential to be one of the best defenses we we've had in a while. You know, just because of the depth that we have, the type of players that we have, we just got to get them. You know, playing in unison and playing to that standard, you know, playing the right way with the right mentality. And I think we've seen that. You know, these guys play with an edge on defense. Uh, I mean, I really saw it against Texas A&M. I kept talking about that, how critical the mentality would be in this football game. And that's what we saw from the get-go. I mean, with those stops, I mean, these guys were playing confident. You just look at their body language. Look at their, you know what I mean? Like, look at, like, that persona, that that, that attitude that they're playing with. You know what I mean? Like, they, they don't look like they're out there just trying to survive, like we've seen in recent years. Sometimes I felt like I watched our teams and, and, and we would just look like we're trying to survive out there. You know, these guys were actually, they were, they were the hunters again. They, they didn't look like the hunted. So I'm, I'm very pleased with the defense, but also say, man, I, and I know some people might agree with me. 
Um, but I'm really pleased with, with how Jalen Milrow has been playing, you know, especially last couple of weeks. Right. You know, you know, we, we knew he was going to go through some growing pains, but I'm really impressed at how fast he's been able to improve week by week. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that that continues to be a trend. So I'm also impressed with that. But I, I will say I'm also disappointed in our running game. And I know that that pairs up with the offensive line. Uh, however, yeah. I, I just I thought going That's into the point. season, I mean, we would be able to run the ball uh, at ease. Right. I thought that would be our bread and butter. And unfortunately, it's, it's not really our bread and butter. You know what I mean? And that, that to me is um, a little puzzling because uh, I feel like we're built for it. We just haven't been able to execute properly, but hopefully that continues to, to progress as well. 205-342-9904 is the number for the program. Hope you're doing well on this Talking Tuesday. Let's talk to the people. Let's go to the line. Let's talk to Joseph. He kicks off first. Joseph, welcome in. What's up, guys? What up? What's up, Joseph? Hey, I want to ask all serious questions. Do you think Jalen Miro can be as good as Daggum Cam Newton? Or Dagon Michael B. for real. Oof, that's 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 tough. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you, because I mean, like I told you uh, yesterday when you called, you know, I, as as impressed as I am, I'm I'm always cautious before I start comparing guys. Some of these these guys, because I played with Cam in, in Carolina, and I know, you know, his last couple of years, you know, he wasn't necessarily the same Cam we had seen at Auburn or even his early years in the league. But I'm telling you right now, I mean, that that guy's a special talent. He's a rare breed. I mean, just you talk about just, you know, his traits alone. He's a physical specimen. I mean, just standing next to the dude. I mean, I'm I'm not small by any means. I mean, 6'4", when I was playing, I was about 240. Again, I mean, that, that's pretty good size, I would say. I mean, Cam, I felt like I would be looking up. I mean, Cam was a solid 6'6", six, six, man, and just rocked up, right? Could You know, had a rocket for an arm, could run. Um, you know, it, it, shoot. It's hard for guys to live up to that. Then you talk about Michael Vick. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, those guys are just, they're special. But I say all that to say, you know, I think he has some similar traits, right? I would be cautious to start comparing him to those guys just yet, especially after, you know, this, you know, you know, this last game. I know it was very impressive, but, um, you know, collectively over those guys' career and their body of work, I mean, they were doing that week in and week out for a very long time. So I would, I would kind of be cautious before I do that. But, would I say that he has some similar traits and, and could be on that path uh, to being that type of impact player that can can really light it up with both his legs and his arm? Yeah, I, I think he has th those qualities, and that's why we were high on him, you know, when we were seeing him early on this uh, preseason. Well, he's faster. He's faster than Cam Newton. Probably not as fast as, as Michael Vick, but if you talk about comparison, I would compare him more to Michael Vick because Michael Vick's only about six feet. 6'1", uh, Miro 6'2", Michael Vick's not as big as either one of those guys. But but to me, he's more, he flicks the ball with that wrist, you know what I mean? He doesn't have had that long throwing motion. He can just flick it, and that thing takes off. I mean, think about that throw he made a couple weeks ago when he was getting hit right in the grill. He just flicked that ball to Jalen Hale, uh, uh, yeah, Jalen. And um, Hale, who called that touchdown pass, I think I'm right on that, but... But I don't know. I think he's got to find his own. I understand why you asked that. But similar in styles, but I don't think he compares to Cam Newton. As Christian said, just the the, the, the massive person that Cam was. But he kind of reminds me a little bit of Michael Vick, no doubt. But the thing is, Cam done was back in 2010 uh, when Alabama played Auburn, Alabama came in there and said, we're going to shut Cam's run down. Well, we shut Cam Newton's run down because we're going to make him fast. Because nobody thought he could pass at the time. 
And right. Cam went in there. He lit Alabama up the second half with his arm. I'm talking about he lit us up. Okay. Same scenario. Texas A&M. They go in there. We're going to shut Jalen Miro's run. He ain't running on well, that's fine. Shut his run down. Jalen Miro just lit you up for three touchdowns, 321 yards with his arm. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm, to me, I mean, he has – this kid can be special, man, after what I watched this weekend. I mean, because I didn't think he could throw the football, but last weekend, golly, he proved me wrong. Jesus, 321 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, yeah. this, this, this this dude's a freak. I mean, look how big Muck is and – Fast. I mean, he's a freak athlete. He's like, people used to do the freak athlete of the little week. Jalen uh, Murrow is a freak athlete. Yeah, he is. I mean, I'd almost kind of compare him to like Justin Fields. If you're talking about somebody current, you know, he's a little similar to Justin Fields, I'd say. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 look, I, I think, you know, he has a, an extremely high ceiling. Um, as long as he keeps progressing, you know, and, and, and he's obviously doing that right now, getting game experience, but. I mean, again, you go back and you look at the progression and the improvements that Jalen Hurts made from the time he stepped on campus where he was at as a quarterback, right, to then where he was at when uh, he was leaving here, then where he was at at Oklahoma, to, to fast forward to now where he's at as a quarterback in the National Football League. That's why I say, you know, you always got to be patient with guys' development because some guys are late bloomers. They take a little more time to develop and to really grow into the player that they can be and kind of they, they max out early and then they kind of, I wouldn't say fall off, but you know, they, they almost peak out a lot sooner. I feel like Jalen Milrow is a guy that's going to continue to progress and get better and better. And his best football is well ahead of him. This dude right here is going to be better than Jalen Hurts. He's faster than Jalen Hurts. And to me, he has a better arm than Jalen Hurts. So, and in reality, I think he's going to be better than Hurts. Uh, everybody says, well, you can't compare him to him. was a, for our safety, Albert. This, this this is this guy's first for real start this year as a sophomore. I mean, the time he leaves Alabama, this kid could be better than Cam Newton, better than Michael Vick. This kid could be for real. He can. Well, just, know, like a, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Just to turn it all around. But um, I think he has potential. I'm going to say slow your roll now. I mean, we, we try to get you up on the uh, Jalen Miro train. Thanks for getting on it. But I will say slow down a little bit, uh, jo- uh, Joseph, because I think he has a long a long way to go still and a lot to learn because, you know, he's only, what, fifth, sixth start. I mean, so, yes, we already knew the potential was there for, to be extremely good. And I think he's going to be better at, as, as Tommy Reese and, and Jalen kind of bond their relationship, get to know each other better. Therefore, the play calling will change uh, and expand. Uh, so I think we have some, some good days ahead of us. But, uh, but I still say pump our brakes a little bit because they give him a chance because what happened, a guy play a game like that uh, on the road, 109,000 come back and, and then maybe have a subpar game and people want to crush him again. So let's just be patient with him and, and watch how he evolves, which we think is going to be great. Appreciate the phone call, Joseph. All right, no problem, man. All right, we got to hit a break. Let's step away for a moment, come back. We'll take more of your calls. Ellis and others, we see you. We'll come back, take more of your phone calls on this Talking Tuesday. We're sponsored by our good friends at the Good Feet Store, America's Art Support Experts. And we'll come back, we'll continue this conversation what are you disappointed with and what are you being excited about this football team back in a moment? 
Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars. This is Christian Miller, and I want to tell you about my good friends over at Spine and Sport Chiropractic. Spine and Sport Chiropractic provides quality chiropractic services for chronic conditions, injuries, sports-related trauma, and more right here in the heart of West Alabama. Come and discover how this form of medicine can improve your overall health by addressing the original cause of your ailments instead of masking your pain. If you're in need of this type of relief, contact Dr. Brian McDonald and his team at 205-345-8102. Again, that's 205-345-8102. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a good supply of sunshine. The high today, 81. Tonight becoming mostly cloudy with the low at 61. A cloudy day tomorrow with a few periods of light rain likely. Tomorrow's high in the middle 70s, around 76 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Edge on the tide 100.9 and AM 1230 WTBC. Yeah, you can get us on the AM dial right now. That's all good. 205 342 9904. You can get us on the phone lines as well because we love talking to the people on a talking Tuesday. I've asked the question What are you most disappointed about as we are halfway through the season? What disappoints you the most with this team sitting at 5-1? and one? Undefeated, though, in the SEC, in the SEC West, controlling their own destiny on that path to Hotlanta. What are you most excited about? That's the question I'm asking you on today. Let's go back out to the phones. Ellis, thanks for holding, sir. Welcome in. Roll tide there, gentlemen. Roll tide. Ellis. Roll tide, roll. There you go. Uh, I'll be down uh, Friday. I'll be over there at uh, Midtown Village. That's right. Buffalo's Cafe in Midtown Village. We look forward to seeing you there, Ellis. Yes, I will be there. I told you I was going to do it, so I'm going to do it. There we uh, go. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited and to, I think uh, that, get to hang I, out with you. And I think that's where all the tailgates, uh, where we tailgate at, I think that's where we're going to go eat at uh, Friday evening. So I'll have it twice. You're in for a treat. It's great, man. Uh, You know what I'm mostly disappointed in? What's that? In this this whole season. What's that? uh, The offensive line. There you go. Ding, ding. Me too. How much better you think Jalen Milrow would be and the running game would be if our offensive line was better. Oh, much you would much think improved. you would think it you would think as big as they are that they would 
they would post will against anybody and just push them all over the place, but they're just not doing it. Well, Ellis, the biggest problem has been just the pressure. I was about to say a couple. I'm thinking a couple can late them. That's been the biggest problem. Consistently arguing that push. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and uh, there's nothing wrong with Jalen Miller. Uh, that young man's going to get better each game, I think. And uh, we, we see it. We've seen it uh, last weekend, uh, what he can do. And, uh, but that's what I'm disappointed in most is the offensive line. And what will be the that defense, which you're excited about? Do what? What are you most excited about? Uh, I'm excited about the defense, our defense. I, I, I love that. I, I miss, I've missed that so much in Alabama's defense. We've not had it. And uh, it's back, and that's the kind of defense I like where, I mean, they're hitting, and they're back there on the quarterback. Uh, and they're laying, they're laying, uh, they're laying the wood to some people there. So, That's it. I love that laying that wood. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> that's that's that's, that's, that's what's exciting to me is uh, seeing somebody get just laid out. Yeah, and they flying around and they're having fun, and I like the fact that they're. Uh, I guess what did they get? Two more interceptions uh, this past week. Where are they at now? I know they had. Seven going going into last week's game, I believe, and they, there was a stat out there that said they got seven interceptions all of last season with Pete Golden. Yeah. They've already surpassed uh, that this season. Uh, but there are one more bad thing. Uh oh. The penalty. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you know, and uh, Coach Saban after the game, he even talked about that. And that that it could be fixed, but it's been going on since last year, you know. Uh, so hopefully that can uh, be taken care of. But uh, it shows you that. Know, uh, go ahead. I want to give him a little bit of a pass for last week, and I, you know me, I'm hard on him. But man, that is so hard. I mean, it's still hard to deal with. I mean, self-inflicted wounds. Which I never understood why offensive guys jump off sides. I mean, you know, you know the snap count. And I think, you know, when you're trying to change a play, when it's getting really noisy and you're trying to go up and down the line of scrimmage, and and even also, Christian and I, and I were talking about this, I thought uh, the stunning and guys were kind of flinching and kind of really just um, should have been called penalties, in my, in my opinion, because... They were doing some hand gestures and different things, trying to get those guys to move, which I don't think, I think they got called maybe once or twice and they Christian for the clapping or something like that. Um, but there were some issues, and I think Coach Saban was trying to address that based on what the defensive line was doing. But but I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass based on uh, the crowd noise and everything else that they were dealing with last week. Oh, yeah, because, see, the crowd noise didn't stop. The cowbells had to, but the crowd noise... You know, uh, and ain't that the biggest uh, stadium right now in the SEC? Oh, yeah. 109,000 plus was there. Yeah, and they're doing some kind of chat, chant with uh, uh, men, the, cheerleaders. Yeah, the, yell, Who wants yeah, to the yell leaders. What do you got to do? 
What do you have to do to become a yell leader? You know, Christian? Do <laughs> you think I would? Who wants to see men yell leaders? <laughs> I don't want to see men yell leaders. <laughs> I have no clue, Ellis. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. The first time I saw that, I was on a visit here. Because I came to the A&M game in 2013 with uh, Johnny Manziel. And I was so confused when I was watching those guys with their little signals. They're like doing like the little gun signals with their fingers and stuff. And I, I don't know. It was it was very interesting to say the least. But I don't know. I, I, that's, that's, that's something I'd be curious about. But then again, you, you're talking about a school that do like the midnight yell. They got a bunch of weird like rituals. A lot of people say they, they're like a cult. I'm reading, guys, that these yell leaders are actually elected each year. So somehow they get voted in. Okay. Would you do it, Justin, if they voted you? I think no. the question you're asking me is, would I join a cult? And the answer is no. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I, w- I wouldn't fool with it. No, me no, they, they look like they're in great shape. I mean, they look like they're rocked up, been, been lifting weights and or doing push-ups and sit-ups, you know. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird, just those guys. But anyway, 108,000, 109,000 uh, crazy, you know, fans and to go in that hostile environment and to, to play. Well, we was, they was loud for a while, then we deflated them. And you could look in the stands and it was just like sad faces. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, and that's how it should be. You know, you, you should go on the yeah. road and uh, you should be encouraged and, and you should be pleased as you see people empty in the stadiums and, and disappointed because you're taking care of business in their house. I mean, that, that, that's in that's their how house. Yeah. has always been. We took pride you in that. You spanked them in their house. Mm. That's right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's take right. it, take well, it, and we, deal with it. That's right. Well, as we appreciate it. anything else on your mind before we let you go? I just uh, looking forward to finally getting to meet y'all. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, no, we're looking forward and, uh, to it again. I'll, I'll, Anybody wants and to join? Getting that, and one more thing, they're getting that lake fixed down there. They're finally getting somebody to come fix the leak. So okay, uh, you will it's real low right now, nice though. But, oh yeah, he caught uh, my brother caught several of them. I'll tell you about it when I get down there Friday. That sounds good. Well, again, if anybody wants to join. We'll be at Buffalo's Cafe this Friday from 11 to 1. Again, it's in Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa. Come hang out with us. Record our show live at Buffalo's Cafe and enjoy some good food. They got the wings. They got tacos, burgers, steak, you name it. Uh, So come hang out. Have a good time and get game day weekend kicked off the right way right here at Buffalo's Cafe. Ellis, we appreciate you calling in, brother. We'll see you Friday. Yes, sir. We'll see you. Roll Tide, Ellis. Sounds good. Roll Tide, Ellis. I love Ellis. He, he's right about the penalties. That's another area. But I'll say at least I feel like this season is kind of up and down, right? I yeah. feel like, you know, the, the couple games that, you know, we did pretty well. We were pretty disciplined. Yeah. And, and like you said, you know, when you go on the road, you got to expect some of those. Obviously, you want to you want to limit them. Um, you don't want 14 penalties. I think, you know, I, I can live with a couple false starts, but I can't, you know, here and there throughout the game when you're on the road, but not two or three, you know, back to back to back in one series and I definitely can't live uh with another touchdown being called back because I, I we we have to lead the country in touchdowns called back due to penalties I mean I and I'm not picking on anybody I'm just being honest I, I feel like I don't think I've ever seen that many touchdowns called back from penalties 
by one team. So that 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 is an area that definitely needs to be cleaned up because that that could be detrimental down the stretch of things. No doubt. I mean that's uh, that's a big issue. Um, Fourteen is a lot of penalties and just kind of you know one of them was very silly with uh, Dallas Turner you know in the, in the block behind you know just don't do that. But um, I mean think about this Christian. How many touchdowns have we had called back this season? Three. Three? Oh no, brother! I think we was probably about eight. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, dog. No. I was about to say we you you had. Yeah. Well, let me so you had A&M, you had one. USF, you had, was it one or two? Yeah, I can't remember. The, uh, Texas, Texas, you had person. two. So that's at least four, four or five right there. Um, I, I know I'm missing a couple. Of, was Ole Miss? Was, was there one in the Ole Miss game or the Mississippi Yeah, State I'm game? pretty sure. So, I mean, so that, what we just counted right there is at the minimum six. So I, I'm... I'm I'm wanting to say probably around seven or so. I, I don't know if I can look that up. If anybody listening uh, knows the exact number of touchdowns we've had called back from penalties, let us know. Feel free to call in 205-342-9904. Uh, let us know. I want to say it's around seven or eight. That's a lot. And we're only midway. That's a lot. That's yeah, we're only midway I mean, through the season. <laughs> think about that, man. That is a lot of points. Yeah. Right? I mean, just, just throw mistakes. Penalties and different things costing you, costing you points. I, I, I don't know. I just, um, you know, with Ellis bringing that up, you go, man. Do we still have this discipline problem? Because to me, penalties become uh, an undisciplined issue, right? Just not focusing, just making those mental errors, those mental mistakes. And again, these things are correctable and fixable. But then you go, wow, you had a lot of the same issues last season so and you kind of doing that again this year what is it what is it that's causing these different things and and that's hard to pinpoint in my opinion because you know like the Dallas you get a blocked field goal you know Braswell picks it up he's off and running to the end zone and all of a sudden Dallas just said hey undisciplined I know we're taught and trained not to do this but I'm gonna just I'm gonna whack this guy anyway right why even just give that official that privilege to call that penalty? You know, holding, uh, you know, sometimes on touchdown pass, I, those things happen. You're fighting your tail off. You're trying to keep your quarterback upright. I can understand that. But but the pre-snap ones is the ones that get you. Offsides, jumping offsides, being in a neutral zone, false starts. I mean, those drive killers that Nick Saban is talking about, those things are... You know, not push it behind the chain, especially offensively. I mean, it's second and 10. You had a negative play already on first down. Then you have a false start. Now you're second and 15. You, now you're pretty much one-dimensional. You're going to probably try to run and try to get some of the yards back to get third and manageable or third. And, you know, you become predictable. All these things are big-time game changers. And, 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 and Ellis is right. That's something they got to get fixed because they're going to have – Tough games. I mean, Alabama's not going to be that team that's going to just blow people out that we've been, we've become accustomed to right over the years with some of these quarterbacks and some of these offenses that's wide open and scoring 40 a game. But this is not the type of team this is. You know, they're going to be 20s, 30s, low 30s type games and expecting the defense to hold them to 15, 17, 18 points. So you can't afford these mishaps. So, again, 
We're talking Bama football, of course. What are you most disappointed with through the halfway of point of the season? What are you most excited about? I'd love to hear from you, 205-342-9904. We're presented by the good friends at the Good Feet Store, America's Art Sport Experts. Big weekend coming up, homecoming weekend, and then next week is Tennessee weekend. Go see Reagan and the boys over at R&R Cigars, 2703 6th Street, and get those Tennessee celebratory cigars. They're ready. I saw them last night, man. They're cool looking. Get a whole box. You got the date monogrammed in there. Go to the website, rnrcigars.com. Check out those cigars that you can be, make sure you're ready. Light them up and smoke them up for the big victory that's coming against Tennessee. You know how that is. All right, we're to break your phone calls. On the other side, more Alabama conversation after the break. Be back in a moment. Take on Arkansas in an SEC showdown. Our coverage begins at 8 a.m. on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Alabama Crimson Tide Sports, also on AM 1230, WTBC. Check us out there as well. Let's go back out to the phones because this is a Talking Tuesday. Tommy in Romulus, you up next, right ahead. Hey, guys. How are y'all today? Hey, Tommy. Doing good, Tommy. Well, I enjoyed your preaching yesterday, but for some reason... You got cut off a couple of times. I don't know. Maybe you were getting too warmed up, so I'm going to wound up. <laughs> Probably so. He might have been melting the mic. I think I think Justin just shuts me off, man. You know, I start spitting in the microphone and all that stuff. Yeah, I heard the day air, but, man, this went on for about 30 seconds. I mean, good grief. I mean, I guess lightning boats are getting ready to come down. <laughs> but I am still happy with Saturday. I know people are trying to spin it like, well, you know, they had too many penalties, yeah, but when you go to College Station and you win 26 to 20, how nice it is to leave there. And we don't have to listen to Jumbo no more this year or probably next year because we don't play them next year. And like I told somebody the other day, he might not be coached next time Texas A&M come around and I scared him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe maybe true. Yeah, because it just, I mean, he just kept on, kept on, kept on talking, talking. I'm like, sometimes it's just best to be quiet, you know, Bob. 
So, Do you I think mean, it's Jimbo with now, you know, Bobby Petrino calling the plays um, and his offense continues to struggle? Do you think the A&M faithful would take up a collection and say, I want to just pay his buyout? He can't do it on his own calling plays. He can't do it with the great Bobby Petrino. And we still, the year that we think we should get Alabama again, and we still can't get it done, do you think the people will raise that money to buy him out? Well, how am I going to say this about a nice brothering in Texas? I have family live out there. And I'm going to get in trouble for what I'm going to say, so just bear with me. Let me finish. Uh, God created the earth in the summer days, and God got a lot of money. But Texas, a Texan got more money than God. That's the attitude. So, yeah, if they get tired, they'll buy him out. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah, they can't. Man. I mean, it's just the attitude. It's the same thing with Texas. They haven't, yeah, I know they lost Saturday, but they cannot stop interfering with the coaches out there at AM or at Texas. I mean, Oh, they were so sure, what was it, seven years ago? Nick Saban is coming to Austin. 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 Nick Saban is not going to have people telling him what to do. He's going to run the program the right way. And if I break the rules, then we have a problem. But don't nitpick me on every little thing. I'm going to run it right. I'm going to have a plan. And for 17 years, we got six national championships. They they couldn't leave them alone. And just like I told Ron Fowler, he gets upset with me. I'm picking on his Dallas Cowboys. If Jerry Jones leave the Cowboys alone half the time, he might have two more Super Bowl rings. <laughs> I mean, that was without can You can't. When you have that much money, that much influence, you just can't get out the way. And the Dallas Cowboys... The most famous non-appearing Super Bowl team that I've ever seen. Twenty, what is it? The count now? Twenty-five years. It's been since nineteen ninety-four, maybe. I mean, so twenty-seven years, twenty-eight years. They haven't sniffed the Super Bowl, and yet they're still America's team. That's another subject for another day. But man, I know. I know. Right. I, I, I'm sorry. I get so off subject. I do that. What Ryan okay. said. I do like to hear real quickly, Tommy, what you're most impressed with with this team during the halfway point and what's been the most disappointing. Most impressed I've been with, and this has been a big fussing point for the last two or three years with Pete Golden. We can make adjustments at halftime or in the quarter or during the game. Kevin Steele have done that, and I'm really. It's like those saying, Pete Golden had more talent and done less. And Kevin still have less talent and done more than the number-wise. I mean, you look at all the number one NFL players we've had over the last three years. Okay, I mean, you only can say one or two national championships. We should have been up there every year. I mean, it just... Can't argue that. I can't argue that. That's a great point. I mean... And another thing is, like I try to point out, I know they lost Saturday, I mean Sunday, is the Texans' uh, Ryan team. They got three guys playing on defense for the University of Alabama. 
Right now, they're in the right position. D'Amico Rye have got them in the right position. When they played at Alabama, half the time, they weren't in the right position. Or they were trying to finesse or something and all this. No, the game of football is to disrupt the other team offense. And I just, you know, I just don't understand some of the play call. I'm not a genius. I don't get paid three or four million dollars to draw X's, O's, or the chalkboard, or the board. I just don't understand the way the average fan can sit there saying like, well, they're going to throw right down the middle because he ain't covering the tight end. And being on two plays later, he hit the tight end for 30 13 to get 15 yards. It drives me to the wacky house. Yep. So, I get it. Well, all right. I mean, Golden is uh, glad he's got a good job at Ole Miss. <laughs> it's, all, yeah. it's all good. But uh, all you're right. Good. I feel like, you know, defense coordinators are doing a great job. You know, Kevin Steele and uh, Tavarius Robinson, T. Rob is doing an outstanding job with the fronts and secondary, doing a great job. So I'm excited how well the defense is playing. Tommy, man, have, have a great rest of your day, friend. All right. Talk to you all more. See y'all. There he goes, Tommy from Romulus. Christian, I mean, a couple points I do want to get into uh, the last you know eight or so minutes that we have. One, the job that Kevin Steele and T. Rob is doing, how they are um, coexisting as uh, two that are working with the defense. I know there's people out there saying uh, stuff now. I think Paul Feinbaum said something about the whole Kevin Steele situation. Lane Kiffin went and basically said, hey, you know, T. Rob's calling the plays. I, I do think both of them are, are, are clearly working together. Uh, T. Rob is the back end guy. Kevin Steele is the front end guy, and what they're doing is making it work. Right? One is great at what he does, so that's what he does. Kevin Steele is the front guy. T. Rob is the back end guy, and it's working beautifully. I mean, we're, and they're able to make those uh, great adjustments. So uh, I think that's one of the reasons everybody wants to make it seem like it's a bad thing if, in fact, they are you know, doing something a little bit differently as coordinating. Doesn't matter to me as long as it's working, right? Exactly. I mean, and this isn't foreign, right? I mean, I don't know if people know this, uh, but in 2018, my senior year, you know, Tosh Lupoy was hired as a defensive coordinator. Uh, but believe it or not, you know, it really was more so Pete Golding uh, calling plays and uh, kind of taking care of more so the back end because Tosh, uh, similar to, you know, uh, Kevin Steele uh, is very familiar with the fronts. You know, that's kind of his specialty. Then uh, Pete Golden had come in and was you know, a little more inclined when it came to coverages and secondary. So he actually behind the scenes uh, was assisting in that. So it's, and, and this is this is honestly, I mean, there's so, so many places where people have co-defensive coordinators and whatnot. It might not be official here at Alabama, but um, it's, it's a very common thing. And I, if anything, I like the idea of it. I like having, you know, multiple people kind of giving input. I just think it's better to have, uh, you know, just just other opinions, not just one person thinking everything they say should go or, you know, they can never be wrong. Uh, so I think it's beneficial to having a couple guys pairing together uh, to basically, you know, create that that one role. If that's the case, again, nothing is confirmed, but we, you know, we kind of have an idea, right? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, like, it, it, it's one of those things to where, like, a guy, you know, Kevin Steele has been there, worked with Nick Saban. There's a comfort there. 
bringing him in. But then there's a guy like T. Rob who, who has worked, who has worked with uh, Will Muschamp at South Carolina, down in Florida. Uh, I think even at Auburn, uh, he's been around this conference. He's a he's a really really good recruiter, T. Rob, and he's a he knows the back end, right? He knows the secondary, but he he doesn't. He's not a front guy, so it's hard to have that. You know, it's hard to give a guy a job and say, hey, here's the full tank of gas and keys to the car, and he don't know everything. So I think I can I can easily see, you know, Kevin Steele come in, but yet I got a younger guy, a recruiting guy, a guy that these secondary dudes are going to relate to, and I know T-Rob very well, a friend of mine, right? And he's good with those kids. He relates to those young dudes, and he's got them balling. He's got the secondary guys balling and they like him. They have fun with them, right? And so you got him on staff, but then you got a seasoned guy that knows fronts and the, the nuances of coordinating. I mean, T-Rob was a defense coordinator at South Carolina, guys. So he has coordinated defense, but Will Muschamp was there with him also basically doing the fronts and things like that. So, you know, so people are trying to speculate. Well, I'll just tell you this. Um, T-Rob does have a lot of influence in his defense, but it's more the back end. Kevin Steele has the, the, the front end, and they work together, and there's no problem. And I think Kevin Steele was brought there for that reason because there wasn't just that guy that Nick could hire as a home run hire, but he likes a guy like T-Rob. He likes the fact that he's worked with Will Muschamp, and what does Will Muschamp run? Nick Saban's defense. So so it's not some shock out there. So, so for the five bums in the world that are saying these things, like I said, we we kind of know, but again, we don't we don't break stuff out there like that. But just kind of give you a heads up, you know how these things can work. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. We up against it, but we're quick. Quick, Christian, did you hear what uh, Mark Stoops had to say about NIL when they was getting on about um, getting blown out by George? I did not. Now, he didn't. He, uh, he didn't. So he ain't going about flipping burgers or you know, you know, you know, boiling hot dogs. <laughs> he, he did tell him. Hey, Georgia has, you know, bought a lot of players over there. And if you want to compete with, with teams like Georgia, then y'all need to pony up some cash. NIL. Pay the piper. So don't complain <laughs> if you ain't giving no money. That's basically what he was saying. That's where we at. Yeah, I mean, that's where we're at. But hey, speaking of buying things, if you're in the, the market of buying some new apparel, officially licensed Alabama apparel, I urge you to head on over to Alumni Hall where they're giving away two tickets to the Alabama-Arkansas game this weekend, October 14th, and a $250 gift card for Alumni Hall. So head on over there and pick Alabama to enter the sweepstakes or go to alumnihall.com. Remember, they've got the hat wall, Yeti products, you name it. Fall weather's coming up. So go get your jackets, your hoodies. They've got everything you can think of Alabama-wise and more. So head on over to Alumni Hall right now in Midtown Village or go to alumnihall.com for Crimson Tide Fan Shop. I also want to remind you guys about Spine and Sport Chiropractic who provide quality chiropractic services for chronic conditions, injuries, sports-related trauma, and more right here in the heart of West Alabama. So come and discover how this form of medicine can improve your overall health by address addressing the original cause of your ailments instead of masking your pain. If you're in need of this type of relief, contact Dr. Brian McDonald and his team at 205-345-8102. Again, that's Spine and Sport Chiropractic. Check them out. Another great show. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We got to get out of here now. We'll be back again tomorrow right here on Tide 100.9. 100 
the home of Alabama sports. It's been the Miller's Edge, presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art support experts. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You've been listening to the Miller's Edge, tackling sports daily 